0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. There are a few things that can ignite debate like the benefits of a vaginal versus a caesarean birth. And while there are no medals for how you birth your baby, Hannah Darlin says that we need to talk about the rates of medical intervention in birth and the benefits a baby can get from a vaginal birth. Hannah is a professor at the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Western Sydney University and she joins me in the studio. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Good. Thank you. Mothers can take the discussion of the way they birth to heart, uh, particularly if they've had a caesarean or their medical professional is telling them they need a caesarean. What would you say to those women who are listening to this interview now? I think,
1: number one, it's never the mother's fault. Uh, It is sometimes the health provider's fault, it is sometimes the system's fault, and it is sometimes just really bad luck, or it is absolutely necessary and the outcome would have been a dead baby or a mother who would have been significantly damaged. So... What we need to take out of the debate is the emotion that it is somehow the mother's fault, because it is not. I am yet to meet a mother who I could truly and honestly say, it's your fault that that intervention happened. But the way they were supported, the care provider they had, uh, the information they were given, or that the really bad luck thing happened that, you know, their baby's heart rate plummeted or whatever. And they just needed it. Yeah. So let's take the emotion out of it. It's not women's fault. We know that we're very lucky we live in the safest time ever in history. Um, you know, caesarean section is life-saving. The the drugs and the, the, the expertise we have are life-saving when needed. We also know in the World Health Organization and and most of the medical and midwifery bodies are now agreeing that we've gone too far in countries like Australia and America and the UK in our intervention in birth, but not far enough in countries like in Africa. So we've not got the balance right, and there's been loads of reports coming out showing that lately. So we know that our cesarean section, which is now one in three women, is double what the World Health Organization would say is an optimal rate. We also know that there are countries like the Scandinavian countries, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, for example, that have cesarean section rates half of of ours and they have better outcomes than we do. So we know we can do better. And that's where we really need to address what are the systems and models of care we can put into place to maximise optimal outcomes for mothers and babies, um, so that they're not only well physically, but we've also got to make sure they're well emotionally, psychologically, culturally, spiritually, because birth is not just a physical event. Birth is your entire being as a human, and um, we often don't regard that other safety as as important as we do the physical
0: Getting back to the physical and what you just mentioned there in the Scandinavian countries where the outcomes for mums and babies are better and they've got a a lower cesarean rate, what are the benefits that start with baby? What are the benefits for a baby from a vaginal birth?
1: So there are a couple of things that we now realize are going on. Look, we, we actually knew about it 100 years ago, but we kind of ignored it for a long period. And now it's really resurging. So one of them is the, the microbiome. And that is a word many people will have now heard of. And it's becoming more popular in the last 10 years to discuss it. So when a baby comes through a, a mother's vagina, it is getting exposed to around two to 300 different bacteria that that baby will ingest some of and it will coat its skin with. And we are now realizing that that is really important for what we call seeding a healthy microbiome. We now know that a microbiome, which is the collection of all the Trillions of bacteria that live in your gut, live on your skin, live in your hair, for example, are fundamental to protecting us against viruses and problematic bacteria. So by seeding through vaginal birth, a baby begins off with an optimal microbiome. Then if you put that baby onto the mum's skin, the baby kind of is is nuzzling and sucking and finding the breast. Then again, it's cultivating its microbiome. Then the baby breastfeeds. And there are products within breast milk that are indigestible by humans. And for, for a long while, we didn't know why they were there. We now know they're there to feed the good bacteria. Right. Nice. So if you put together a vaginal birth without antibiotics, so that's another thing we need to think about, skin-to-skin and exclusive breastfeeding, we know that we are setting that baby up to have a very healthy microbiome, which can set the foundations for health in future life. So that's one mechanism. But the other one, and we wrote a hypothesis and published this in 2013, and a lot of our work now is exploring this, is what we call epigenetics. And that is the message or the the message to the genes on how to act. It's the messenger. It's above the genes. Epigenetics means above the genes. But we have now discovering that labor and birth actually are priming a optimal genetic response so that the stress, the good stress of normal labor and birth are switching on or silencing certain genes. So babies born by cesarean sections, there's been some studies showing The babies born by cesarean sections have a silencing of genes that are important in immune defence. We don't know how long that silencing continues for. We don't know what sort of things we can do to overcome them. But it is probably a combination of the bacteria from the microbiome and the process of labour and birth that are actually really important in setting up healthy immune responses later on in life.
0: Now talk to me about the... Benefit for the mother because I remember when I was pregnant, I thought, whichever way this baby comes out, it's not going to be much fun. Um, Because, of course, you can have a vaginal birth and get terrible tearing. Having a cesarean, you're cutting through major muscles. Um, What are the benefits of a vaginal birth for a mother?
1: So the benefits of a vaginal birth compared to a caesarean section, let's put it this way. A good vaginal birth is better any day, even better than a good caesarean. A bad vaginal birth is probably not better than a good caesarean, but a bad vaginal birth is far, far better than a bad caesarean. So this is the difficulty. We can't pick and choose what kind we're going to get, except for the models of care that may um, lead to certain types of intervention. So we know that women who have cesarean section are statistically more likely to end up dying. Though, again, having a baby in our country is very, very safe. And around 7 to 8 per 100,000 women who are having a baby die. So that is one of the best statistics in the world. So we know you are more likely to die if you have a cesarean section. We know that you have more morbidity. You're more likely to lose your uterus, to bleed very heavily. We know that probably the first cesarean is not your biggest problem, it's all of the subsequent. So if you were to just say a, a woman was going to have a vaginal birth or a caesarean and that was it, never another baby, you could probably say there's a good argument now for saying, well, in our country, it's fairly equivocal on immediacy. However, every caesarean, you increase the scar risk, you increase the risk of the uterus rupturing and subsequent pregnancies, you increase the risk of the placenta growing in to the uterus and a whole lot of morbidities that come as a result of multiple surgeries so so that's a, a another major factor but if we if we go past the physical stuff emotionally most women do want to have a vaginal birth most women would love to have a good vaginal birth and and I I think we should aim to really increase the numbers of women who have good vaginal births but most women if you ask them would love to have a vaginal birth they don't go wanting caesareans. Caesareans often stem from being very frightened of birth or from having had a previously you know, poor vaginal birth experience where women want to request that. So there's the psychological element of the benefits. Women also recover quicker. They're up and about. They can drive quicker. They can pick their babies up without so much discomfort. Um, they don't have ongoing issues with scar pain, et cetera. Some of the disadvantages of vaginal birth and probably the only disadvantage that stacks up is really around pelvic floor and we do need to work out what kind of things are we doing during labour and birth and which women are more vulnerable to pelvic floor damage and then how do we put in place strategies to reduce that damage and trauma. It sounds a
0: lot like what you're arguing for is um, about the preparation for birth, even above and beyond the birth situation itself in terms of mothers being informed about birth um, having con- continuity of care with a midwife, having that kind of relationship. Do you see that birth outcomes will benefit from the preparation for birth and the way we look at it?
1: I think the preparation is so key. It is the most important thing that we can do. And having a relationship with someone who you trust, who's on the same wavelength, you know, fis- um, you know, um your positioning, your understandings of how you want to be the birth, that you've got the right person in your corner is critical because then you also know that if you do end up with intervention, that it's going to be well explained to you, you feel like you've consented, and you're going to feel that that person wouldn't be trying to impose anything on you that you didn't want because they also like you. So relationship-based care is the safest physically and it's the safest emotionally. But there are other things that that women can do. For example, we know... um, Many of us are overweight and that's not a good thing to enter into pregnancy and birth with. So getting yourself in the best physical condition, exercise, good diet, not smoking, not drinking. We're doing a randomized control trial at the moment, looking at pelvic floor exercises done during pregnancy and how does that impact on your health afterwards, not just your incontinence and um, your pelvic floor, but on your sexual health. So there's a lot of stuff we can do to get us into the best peak condition to make sure that when we do give birth, we have the least chance of trauma. I think it's a complete cop-out to say, because there are some situations where birth is traumatic, and there is no doubt that that is true, we are now going to go and opt for a major abdominal surgery that involves cutting through seven layers and brings the added risk of surgery, anesthetic, etc., etc. That's a cop-out. Let's reserve that for where the benefits are going to outweigh the vagina benefits of vaginal birth. But let's get vaginal birth right.
0: There's mm, so many things in that. Um, what about um, mothers who are, are listening and for perhaps a medical reason know they need a cesarean already? Um, uh, what sorts of things can they do post-birth to give their babies the best start and themselves to parenthood? So one of the
1: Most important thing is demand, ask for, put it in your birth plan, stamp your feet up and down to have your baby skin to skin straight after you've had the cesarean in the theatre and get them not to remove that baby so we have so much evidence now and it is a recommendation it's a government recommendation that the baby should go skin to skin with the mother in theatre and then you keep that baby and mother together the breastfeeding rates are higher that baby the amazing thing is that baby um, changes its hormones you change your hormones when you're connected you feel less traumatised women have less pain babies get less cold You you know, it just goes on and on and on. So skin to skin straight after cesarean section and stay skin to skin with your baby as long as possible to make sure that some of the disadvantages of cesarean section can be, you know, modified or hopefully eliminated, but modified compared to, to vaginal birth. Then make sure that you have got really good support for yourself afterwards. So making sure you have people that are doing things for you. That you're not getting up too early, that you're not getting you know, you're not lifting heavy things, you're you're not getting back and driving a car before you should be able to drive a car, and that you have lots of care. And the other important thing is that you have a chance to debrief. Why did it happen? Why did you tell me that thing? Why did you do that thing? Because what I find is when you first have a baby, you're in this kind of days of euphoria and hormones are pumping and my god I survived it. But three months down the track you start to reflect on your birth and go so why did that happen? Why did they say that? Were they actually doing something that wasn't the best for me? So making sure those conversations happen after birth and are open to happen again will reduce a lot of the birth trauma that we see coming from events where women don't understand why they happened.
0: Hannah, it is always so interesting talking with you. Thank you for coming in today. My pleasure. That's Hannah Dallin. She's a professor at the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Western Sydney University. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.